Chapter 1 God's Plan for Us Not that I have already obtained it, or have already become perfect, but I press on, so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 3 verse 12 God has a plan for every life, and when this plan is realized, there is always in the experience of the believer both joy and peace, blessing and power. If anyone is having an up-and-down Christian experience, hot today and cold tomorrow, near enough to Christ today so that he may almost touch him, and so far away tomorrow that he questions if he has ever been saved, this is certain evidence that he has not allowed God to work out his plan for him. There is still much work to be accomplished by the Holy Spirit of God. An experience of unrest dishonors God, and when you find a heart in which there is this unrest and dissatisfaction, you always find a life in which God has not yet finished His work. Scripture Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. John chapter 14, verse 27. That was written for such a person, and it is his inheritance. While it would be a most difficult thing to define peace, yet possibly the best definition would be to take its opposite, and so it would read like this Peace is the opposite of unrest, confusion, and strife. This blessing is for each of God's children if they will only claim it. It is no more disastrous for one's arm to be out of its socket than for one's life to run contrary to the plan of God. Paul evidently had this in mind when he said, That I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. It would be no more disastrous for a planet to go swinging out of its orbit than for a life to run contrary to the plan of God. The fact is, that our crosses in this world always come to us when our wills run contrary to the will of God. One piece of wood placed over another and running in the contrary direction always makes a cross. Our peace and joy come to us in this life when our wills run parallel to God's will. Although we may be bound to live in poverty and meet with what this world calls disaster and failure, if we are perfectly sure that what we are doing is according to God's will, we may say with the Apostle Paul, God causes all things to work together for good. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. A High Ideal for Every Life God has a high ideal for every life, and we only have to read the Scriptures to find this to be true. We find in Romans chapter 1, verse 7 that we are called saints, this is our name. We learn in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 that we are God's fellow workers. We are told in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9 that it is our privilege to be in fellowship with God's Son. This word fellowship is literally partnership. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 17, God promises to give to us His own hidden manna to eat. The world knows nothing of this. It can neither give it nor take it away. In Psalm 25, verse 14, we have a pledge that God will tell His secrets to us, but it is not to be forgotten that we only tell secrets to those who are near to us. 
God never gives his secrets to those who are out of fellowship with him, and everyone is out of fellowship who has any unconfessed or unforgiven sin in his heart. In Philippians chapter 3 verse 20, the conversation or citizenship of the child of God is described. It is to be in heaven, from which place we also look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, the entirety of the Christian character is described. We are told that we are his workmanship. The word workmanship is literally poem, so that in God's plan, we are all that is complete and beautiful. We are very sure that we have not attained unto this plan. We are likewise confident that, falling short of it, we are not satisfied, and our cry is that of the Apostle Paul, Romans chapter 7, verse 24, Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? We may have God's power. He has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 Let us therefore cease to speak of the presence of the Holy Spirit as an experience, and talk about the better Christian life as an it. Let us remember from now on that Christ is the power of God. To exalt Him, to follow Him, to live His life, and to enthrone Him in our lives is power always, and never can be anything else. We may have God's rest. Therefore, let us fear, if while a promise remains of entering His rest, any one of you may seem to have come short of it. For indeed, we have had good news preached to us, just as they also. But the word they heard did not profit them, because it was not united by faith in those who heard. For we who have believed enter that rest, just as He has said, As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest." although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. Hebrews chapter 4 verses 1 through 3. It is most significant that in the tenth verse of this fourth chapter of Hebrews we read, For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works, as God did from his. Oh, that we might all learn that it is when we cease to be self-centered and become Christ-centered when we live lives of unselfishness and therefore for the glory of Christ, when we look up and not in, in a word, it is when we cease from our own works that we enter into God's rest. We may have God's holiness. Scripture For they disciplined us for a short time as seemed best to them, but He disciplines us for our good, so that we may share His holiness. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 10 not infrequently we find Christian people who are afraid of the word holiness, yet the Bible has distinctly declared that without holiness no one will see God. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14. If we are shutting him out of our lives, then we are depriving ourselves of our birthright as his children. We might sum up God's plan for our lives under three headings. 1. Regeneration. It is God's will for us to be regenerated. Scripture 
who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. John chapter 1, verses 13-14 through 14. Regeneration is not a working over of the old nature, for that which is born of the flesh is flesh, John chapter 3, verse 6, and it can never be anything else. It may be educated flesh or cultured flesh, but it is still flesh, and it is displeasing to God. It does not come as the result of reformation, for while reformation may touch a person's present and possibly his future, it has nothing to do with his past sins, which are like the sands of the sea in number. One's surroundings has nothing to do with our passing from death unto life. If our surroundings could save the soul or keep it, Adam would never have fallen, for he lived in paradise. Lot would have been a model citizen, for he lived in the fairest city of the then-known world. Regeneration is God's breathing into man his own life. It is literally being born from above. 2. Sanctification It is God's will for us to be sanctified. Scripture For this is the will of God, your sanctification. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 3 some people feel very opposed to the idea of sanctification, but it is in God's Word, and it would be good for us to study it and realize it in our experience. To be sanctified is to be separated, and it is certainly the plan of God for His people to be a separated people. While they are in the world, they are to be in no sense of the world. John chapter 17, verses 14-16 through 16. They are commanded not even to touch that which is unclean. Leviticus chapter 7 verse 21, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17. And all the old law respecting the Nazarite is a law for the Christian, except that in the New Testament times that law has been intensified by the touch of the living and risen Christ. If your life is not sanctified, you will live contrary to the will of God. 3. Glorification It is God's will for us to be ultimately glorified. Scripture The God of all grace, who called you to His eternal glory in Christ, will Himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. 1 Peter 5, verse 10 Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory which you have given me. John chapter 17, verse 24 It is a good thing to turn again and again in this way to the Scriptures in order to find what the plan is that God has marked out for us, and then to check our lives according to this plan, to see wherein we have followed it or have failed. If the failure has been severe, it is not necessary for us to go in mourning all day long, for just as a mother forgives the weakness of her child and forgets the many shortcomings, so God has promised again and again in His Word to blot out all our transgressions and to remember them no more against us forever. For example, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25. 
It is not therefore a question as to whether we can keep from sinning ourselves, for we know that we cannot. But it is entirely a question as to whether Christ can keep us if we will only allow Him to do so. I am certain that one could walk from one corner of the street to the other with Christ so constantly before him that in his own judgment at least, he would be overcoming sin during the duration of that short walk. I am perfectly convinced that he could increase his journey by many miles and still be more than a conqueror. I am absolutely confident that one could walk the whole day with Christ so vividly before him that it would be peace and joy and what could be accomplished in one day could be made the course of a person's entire life.